It's weird. Everyone seems really positive about that, except for Insul. I don't know why that's happening. I have my doubts, everyone. I have my doubts. Oof. Okay. Well, I guess I have something to talk about in therapy this week. That's a great transition. Um, Insul Kang is here with us this morning to close out our message series in Acts. We are always excited to have you with us, Insul. And especially uh, just as you have wrestled with this section of Acts, it's going to be a great conversation. So welcome. We're excited to hear. Thank you so much. I I can't st- say enough what you guys just said about um, Sunia's song. Um, part of me just wants to say, okay, let's just listen to it again and sit and talk about how we feel and what comes to mind. And there, there's the service right there. Oh. So... Thank you again, though, for this opportunity. Um, Sarah and Kurt and Sunia already setting me up so well. Um, And then Cascade, if you are familiar with me at all, then you know that today will be no different in trying to track with my stream of consciousness. So buckle up, everyone. Let's go. (laughs) No better way to start a message than with Mr. Burns' fingers. That's great. Pastors gave like foreboding warning. (laughs) Um, All right, we're ready. Let's do it. So I'm just going to start by reading the passage, Acts 22, verses 22 to 29. So up to this word, they, uh, the people, the mob around Paul, listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging um, to find out why they were shouting against him like this. Um, That always works. Uh, But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, what are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came to him and said to him, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship, my citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, but I am a citizen by birth. So those who were there, who were about to examine him, withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. So where are we? <laughs> this almost feels a little um, like a Princess Bride Wesley being like pulled at the rack, and then you know, imagine if he had actually said something compelling enough for them to stop him. Like I, I see that scene almost. Um, but if you if we read back uh, a couple chapters uh, uh, and more remembering the past few Sundays that you've had so far at Cascade, um, we see that Paul is at sort of this high production level point of his ministry. This isn't just a random Monday for him. Um, and we see reference in the last two chapters in particular to travel, like literally it's verses that says, and then he went from here and then he was in Macedonia and then he was in Tyre and then he went here. Um, all the people Paul met, the different people groups, uh, whether it was people he was preaching to, churches that he was um, consulting, advising, loving, uh, people who were trying to uh, judge him and figure out you know, how they can get rid of him. Um, And then with that, though, all the times he had to convince people as to why he was actually even then sharing the gospel with Gentiles, just these quick verses and literally two chapters that you can read in a couple minutes, they make me tired. 
when I think about the arduousness of the travel, the amount of emotional labor and exhaustion from talking and teaching to people all day. Um, I'm like a socialized introvert, so I'm very good and can and can be with people. Um, but I, in my head later, will calculate kind of the, the, the fatigue I now feel with like how many appointments I had or how many people I talked to and, you know, need to rest. <laughs> so I'm, I'm projecting onto Paul. I'm also thinking about the energy draining dynamic of having to talk to people who you know are against you. And it's not subtle. It's not like they're asking questions like, so when you say, what do you mean? They just straight up were like, how dare you? What are you doing preaching to Gentiles? Um, it's in your face, right? That is an energy suck. That is draining. And then just again, like I listed before, like thinking about all the names of the cities he went to. This wasn't just a, I think, uh, and I, I've joked about this earlier in the week um, with your team here about the flannel graph. I think because if you were like me and were raised in a, in a very Christian church in that way or, or Sunday school or, or school, um, you hear these stories with the flannel graph, flannel graph, excuse me, and you just see the figure of Paul kind of being placed along. And so in your head, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, and then he was in Macedonia, and then he went down to, you know, whatever. No, <laughs> this was ridiculous. He was walking, maybe on an animal, um, but this, this is just a lot. So I, I'm placing this as being the, the background drop to where we are today, two chapters of just so much work. Um, and then when I look at those chapters and see where we are today, I actually think about the fact that, wow, Paul was a person living in a multicultural world. And so I'm getting a glimpse of his cultural competency at play. Um, let me go a little further into that. We are again at this point where the journey of Paul's is at a fever pitch. People are angry at him. He's arrested technically. Uh, the Roman Tribune is the middleman between the people who want him flogged for the truth or dead, frankly. Um, and, and it's this, his own people group. Uh, that want to kill him. They're so angry. So yes, uh, we hear it as him saying, like he kind of pulled the I'm a Roman citizen card. Um, what a what a story of privilege or um, frankly insult. How, how the heck are you going to make this connect to what we're going through today? <laughs> What's the randomness here? So for me, I see all uh, an, an all too real story of cross-cultural persons who are stuck between cultures, between worlds, um, someone who can never be Roman enough, someone who can't be Jewish enough. Um, I, and I think knowing and thinking about this is actually a holy thing. I don't think this is a separate reading. I think this is a holy thing. And I hopefully will be able to mention that and make that sense, make that make sense at the end. So what do I mean about Paul being between two worlds or multiple worlds? So let's not forget back to um, Pastor Sarah's uh, uh, sermon earlier. Uh, he was Saul first. He also had a name change. He was, you know, he did that whole celebrity thing, right? Saul, when he was Saul, was the highest in his Jewish people group, right? Let's think about it that way. He had so much clout and power because he was adjacent to the power of the oppressive Roman rule. He had power that he could kill his own people group. He had the authority to carry out that work with the approval and support again of the empire over him. So we know Jews hated him. Um, he was a part of a POC group of Jews, but he also had access uh, to the in-group of the dominating ruling culture. 
uh, I have personally experienced and seen people do this where you become model minorities, this exception um, that the dominant group can then look at and see, see and say, see, look at this example. Life's not that bad for these people group. Look at this one person. They're thriving. Um, look at Insul. She's succeeding. She, so what, what are you talking about? Woman, Asian, there's no issues here. But the questions that we don't ask when we think about this model minority myth actually being a, a real thing is, um, what did I actually have to give up to succeed in this system? What compromises do people make to survive in oppressive systems? You can convince yourself, um, but what are you compromising? What amount of mind warpery, that would be my Christian safe way of saying it, what amount of mind warpery <laughs> happens to someone as they try to reconcile, reconcile staying in this system that was actually never for them? Let's move on to when he became Paul. This is a transformational moment, clearly. Like it, not only does it, was his name changed, but like it was not everyone gets a name change in such a truly divine transformational way. He's now on board with his fellow Jews and he actually shares the same belief. It has changed his life. Um, they might even actually be proud of him possibly as one of their own um, when they think about how high in the ranks he is now of the church, right? He's the one people are proud to say, ah, yes, Paul, our own. Look at what he's doing in Ephesus. Look at what he's doing. Look at um, the, the latest letter from Paul. We're so proud of him, right? Um, so he's, 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 I'm assuming the pride, right? When you, just a quick side note, if you, if you study at all racial identity development, um, it's not a, you start here and then you end up here and you're a perfectly healthy and stable person of racial background. It, it's a continuum. And actually denial is one of the first stages of this continuum that you can actually go back to depending on what's going on in your life. So I see this very clearly with Paul that he must have been in denial of his Jewishness um, and that now he's kind of in the, that, that moment, like a lot of uh, people like me, you experience it usually in your college years, typically, where suddenly you're like, no, I'm actually Korean too. And oh, people like my food now? And oh, K-pop is popular? Like, and it can be in all sorts of expressions. People that go hardcore, reject all the, their previous life, and now they're like, nothing but K-pop, or just figuring that out. So again, I, I see this with Paul, you know, he's in a phase now where, he has pride of being a part of this Jewish people group. And I'm so certain that the Jewish people group were probably giving him, giving him some of that love back. All that to say, there is great pain and joy when you are in fact accepted by your own people group. Um, it's acknowledging that maybe there were times you didn't feel accepted, thinking of Sunia's song of like, I don't know, and, and, and man, we also need more Christian, quote unquote, Christian songs that just say, I don't know. <laughs> um, recognizing what it feels like to not be in the in crowd, even if let's say you look like the in crowd. Having your identity and behavior noted slash also rewarded um, for when it's right and in whose eyes, right? So Paul could have stopped there. I think he could have said, oh my gosh, I'm finally happy. Uh, he's from a very collective, you know, family kind of, we're all family society. He's finally in. He's no longer Saul, the guy that we don't want around anymore because he's heinous. He's Paul. We're proud of him. He's one of us now. Um, he could have just been known as one of the great leaders of the early church. We would have read his letters and said, wow, he was so wise. Um, and he would have probably been fine have, having just had that level of, I think, uh, fame and acceptance within the Jewish 
community alone, I think. But instead, um, he feels and is called that he's supposed to share his message with the Gentiles. So a people group outside of his own. This is not just a thought. This is what he dedicates his life to, right? And again, it's it's in the verses. Um, he has to explain in perfect detail even because it's so not the norm to then share this with others that he explains again, like step by step. Um, hence in the, in the Bible, it's the verbatim words, right? This happened, then this happened. And so thus I know that I'm supposed to do this. Can I convince you also that this is a good thing? So what happens? Uh, are people like, wow, you really expanded our sense of the gospel. This is great. No, <laughs> uh, he is rejected again. Uh, well, he is, a, he is rejected by his own people. Uh, they want to squash the anomaly that now uh, he rep represents among the Jews. Um, so he had group in-group acceptance for such a brief moment. Um, he had to have felt the loss of that. And, and of their approval as he did this hard work, especially when that hard work involved physically moving away from where they might be, right? Going to see these uh, other folks outside. Um, so again, he enjoys his acceptance, I think, for a brief moment. He's one of them, he's welcomed, but now he dares to share the good news with the Gentiles, with the rest of us. Why do the Jews get so mad at him? Not only is he acting out of custom to their own people group, right? We know, we know when one of our own isn't behaving the way we want. We, may not, we might not know what those things are, but when you step outside of that invisible box, we know to call you out on that, right? Um, so not only is he doing that by just sharing this news with the Gentiles, but he has the audacity to state that this is actually what God would have us do. Oh gosh, he... <laughs> He's invoking the Lord. These people who thought they were, quote unquote, zealous for the law. These are hardcore Christians. Um, he's telling them, actually, I think God would be really challenging us to do something else. How dare he? Um, this was their one thing as an oppressed people group uh, for so long that they now have this amazing thing, this, this message. This is their thing. And he wants to now give it away. We do this today. Um, Again, we, we know when someone takes one of our own things and, and shares it, there's the complexity of when, um, on one hand, I'm proud that more people are into Korean food. And at the same time, there's a part of me that, that is, is uncomfortable uh, as I'm personally processing um, what your liking my food means. You know, is this a fad? Do you actually like all my food or just the versions that we show at the restaurants that we know are palatable to you? What does that mean then if you only like that? Anyway, we can go on forever. When we then see that his saving grace is his nationality, let's talk about that complication. It's not his truth that Jesus' uh, redeeming love is for all. It's not that uh, his people group welcomed him back, no strings attached. Uh, it's not because someone higher from back in the day when he was Saul from that oppressive group is like, oh, yeah, I know him. I vouch for him, a former colleague. Um, it's, it's the fact that he had, to, he had to pull out that blue pa passport and say, hello, don't forget. This is the reason why he was treated differently right away. So then his nationality is a thing that saves him. It gives him respect from his Roman oppressors. It doesn't give him equal footing with the Jews. It doesn't give him equal footing with the Roman Tribune either. If anything, it's 
potentially the resentment of his specialness, the clout and privilege that sets him apart from the, his fellow Jews, the unconsidered component as he was arrested for simply existing, that whole, sorry, didn't realize you were more than our racial profile of you, you can go now. I have something in my notes that I, I, I we'll see if it makes sense, but I just wanna note again, if you look in Acts 21, he kind of had a similar interaction where he had to sort of prove who he was and it wasn't enough that he was a Jew, it wasn't enough that he was respected or whatever, it was that he had to prove that he was a Roman. So I, I hear this all the time. And if you look at the words, it's in Acts 21, it's, well, aren't you that troublemaker Egyptian, the brown person? Oh, you're a Jew? Oh, you speak Hebrew. So what are the levels of legitimacy that he needed in order in that moment to get out alive? Um, what are the levels of legitimacy that I feel or have um, imposed upon me in order to be accepted in a dinner conversation? What are those things? So we do this as in today's Christian world. It's a calculating. Um, maybe on a, on, a, on a lighter note, we see it in the, like, the legitimacy Bible. We, uh, excuse me, the legitimacy bio, I'm sorry. Um, if you're in any kind of conference or, um, <laughs> Kurt is freaked out, it's a legitimacy Bible. Let's edit that out in post. So the legitimacy bio, this is when you're like- and It might be a thing. The legitimacy <laughs> bio, it, it, it's probably on the internet somewhere. It probably is. I the only someone who got raised in an evangelical church knows what this is. Like for a hot second, I truly was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I made something up and I potentially, according to my very Orthodox Christian relatives, it might be the King James version. So we'll, we'll have to research that later. Um, I really wish the rest of you on Facebook could see Kurt and Sarah's faces. It's great. They are uh, super composed and uh, mature right now. So anyways, I'm going off on a, on a super tangent at this point, but that legitimacy bio is at least for me, uh, when I'm at like a, a major mega conference or a, a workshop and the person either in their written bio or verbally, especially in Christian circles have to start with, I'm the proud father of so-and-so, the dedicated husband to blah, 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 um, pr uh, loving pastor to the privileged church of yada, yada, yada. Thank you so much for letting me be here today. Meh. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't. There's a calculating of legitimacy is all I'm trying to say. So I see nothing but chapters and acts of many difficult moments where Paul is constantly trying to figure out what he needs to do to pass through and be enough or not enough between people groups. It's a sad reality of our broken oppressive systems currently. Like we still do this. Um, he's not Roman enough at the beginning. And he for sure will do what he can uh, to be the model minority and even kill people, arrest people, um, bring people to Jerusalem for corporal punishment, he says, all the people, all the followers of Jesus, as many of the followers of the way as he can. He knew this is what he was, was he was doing. So clearly this is still a passage on privilege because that was sort of the original thought was let's just talk about the fact that he got to um, kind of get out of his chains because he had that Roman citizenship. But it's more complex. It's very complex, right? He was lucky to be born as a Roman citizen. We see that centurion note, and I, I, I hear a hint of resentment and wistfulness in his voice when he says, oh, my citizenship was hard earned. Um, the fact that he even knows that that was probably the only way for him to have bought his citizenship 
is a resignation to the exploitive, um, arbitrary immigration process of their day. I for sure know what it's like to feel relieved to flash my blue passport um, insecurity. I know what that means to go quickly when I come back home, quote unquote, to the US. Um, do you know that I'm home by looking at me or is it once I get into the blue passport line that you go, ah, she's one of us. I also know how ashamed I felt as I've watched an elder of a different people group, clearly visually from presenting a, a different race, let's say, go through far more harassment because of their skin color than mine. And I'm adding the, the term elder because it, it does feel almost more inhumane that we do that to elderly folks too, right? I've also been in conversations where a fellow Korean is jealous of my unearned US nationality as they on a daily basis are struggling to see that next day, that they are considering many, many awful options to try to obtain that blue passport, or in fact have quote unquote, done everything right to be here and have paid way more than you would ever consider the cost of waking up and just doing whatever you want here in the US. It's only gotten more expensive over the years. It's insane how much it is. Um, when the fact, the complexity of when I'm proud to be an American overseas and or in social situations versus when I'm not. This is in general, this complexity, something that anyone who has experienced being a minority has, in, has wrestled with. So I just wanna name that, whether it's ethnically, gender, sexual orientation, we know this, this is a, a true complex wrestling. But from just a, a POC standpoint specifically, someone that has lived in a land that's not, um, that where I don't belong to this dominant culture, let's, let's just think about 2020. This was a, a year full of vocalizing the different but shared experiences that we have, the, the different and shared discrimination experiences in this country. Um, there is in fact the known good slash permissible behaviors within people of color groups. Um, and we saw that added to the national dialogue, frankly. Um, are you traditional enough? Are you Asian enough, black enough, et cetera? Are you cool enough as a POC? Maybe you aren't like making rice cakes by hand insul, but you've got like the freshest fits and you've got the coolest aesthetic on social media and kind of a globally acceptable persona, right? Is that, is that you? And definitely also this year, if you're a POC, especially, are you activist enough? Does it present cor correctly that you are quote unquote an activist and, and is it enough? Um, and on top of that, the normal hierarchies even within POC groups that have been placed upon us as we've continued to racialize our world. So I know for example, that my level of personal privilege lies in certain places and I know how to access it. I have a command of English uh, that I am very uh, comfortable with and, and, and grateful for. Um, I have insider knowledge. I am an Oregonian since age five, so I can tell you stuff that will make me get along really well with your grandpa, Joe. Um, I have physical ability. I have uh, the, the, the resources so I can access more information if I need it. Um, and frankly, I'm Asian in this country. This is a model, min I am in a model minority in the US, folks who, um, look white, let's say in particular, um, find me less uh, threatening and um, hope that I can add to their lives. They don't see me as a, as a disruption. Um, I'm not as nervous in day to day as if I were, if, if I were uh, black or brown. Um, because of all this, I don't 
see this passage about privilege saving Paul's butt with the Roman Tribune, I see it as a messy, broken, and current example of how doing what God has called you to do, just being how he's made you, living out how he's made you, um, is really complicated and exhausting and fatal for some of us, unfortunately. Um, how depending on who you are and how you present, uh, we give you extra clout or we give you additional grace in the church. Um, just again, how Paul was never Jewish enough, Christian enough, Roman enough for anyone. Um, how talking about and let alone acting on the desire to a need to share something good with other people um, will never be okay for the, those who want to keep it and protect it and quote unquote, uphold it, uh, uphold divisions really. Um, how painfully similar this is to what Jesus did in his ministry on earth, ultimately culminating with interceding on our behalf at the cross where he said, please forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Like he probably looked at them, looked at us and was like, oh my gosh, they're missing the point. Um, so I don't know where we are now with time check, Kurt, but I'm just gonna sum up. So then the question, hopefully, uh, or, or not hopefully, but maybe a question you'd ask is, so Insel, are you going to say anything about uh, the national election? Um, are you going to say anything about the continual erasure of human life by our broken system? Um, I'm just going to say that all of that is happening. Beyond that, I, I look at the chapters in Acts and I see how we, we have been here before. We have done this before. We tear apart points and causes because of precedence, figureheads, whether it's from an inside group or an outside group. We lose sight of the good news because we need to know that we're right and they're wrong. We rely on a governing system to defend our best interests and when we're angry and personally offended, especially. Um, and we care more about our financial gain and security in regular times. Like that's the number one thing. So again, what about everything else? I just know that I still have hope. I can't give you the perfectly quotable line that you can post today as part of the message. I don't, I can't have that. I don't have that for you, but I do have hope. I know Jesus saw all this. He asked God to forgive us when we didn't know what we were doing. I know Paul saw this as he tried until he died to get people to embrace that the table was big enough for all of us, that it was an invitation for all of us. I know we know this, but it's scary to consider the realistic steps that we would have to take um, in order to change. So to give you that hope or, or maybe a semblance of that hope where you don't have to be there today, that unexplainable hope though for sure, is to quote um, what Paul actually said a few chapters back when he departed his, uh, the church in Ephesus. So Acts 20 verse 32, he said, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Our inheritance is not only the good stuff, but the baggage, the brokenness and loss. And it is God and his grace that makes us all of that, makes us holy and sacred. So thank you guys. Thanks, Insel. Thank you, Insel.
I love the immediate I... thank you back from you guys because it's like, oh, in this in this uh, physically distanced way. Yay. Okay. Kurt and Sarah's faces. I got them. <laughs> snuggle. It's like you're giving like a yes, snuggle. Yes, let's. <laughs> We're passing puppy snuggles or something. I don't know. That my dog was trying to go out at the end there. So sorry. No, your dog was like, "This is this message is not for me." <laughs> He's like, "I never liked Paul, anyways." <laughs> yes, and I definitely did not touch on any of the things that makes Paul uh, controversial. That just wasn't where my heart was when I was reading these chapters. I just, again, grateful for Sunia's song because it just was for me a couple chapters where I was like, man, good or bad, however you want to call this man, this is a couple chapters of some really intense cross-cultural, mm -hmm. uh, I think Kurt, you said code shifting, like there's just a lot going on here. So, And I found it so helpful too, because when we were talking about this, the, the idea was, let's look at some of the privileges that Paul has and how this could be tied to Romans 13, when it's like honor the government. It's like, well, of course, Paul is like, hey, we should honor the government. It's working for him on a certain level. But what I love about what Sunya did was reframe for me so much of who Paul was and how he was stuck between multiple worlds and trying to negotiate that as someone who's being faithful to their spiritual tradition and where they see God working and moving in the world. And it had never struck me before that because it's often dominant cultured people who use Paul's words to reinforce and hold on to power, that that wasn't Paul. I just assumed because of who loves Paul, well, that's what Paul was too. Yeah. And I love and so how you did that work to be like, I don't think that's Paul. I think Paul's actually caught in between and he's using the levers of power in, in the society to be able to keep on preaching this, but he is not centered um, in this world at all. In fact, he's decentered in almost every world he's associated with. And that was a really powerful insight. Also, I just, I want to like go back to the slide clip of like, who loves Paul? It just makes me like Some giggle love Paul. <laughs> as not that person. So. Real, that's real. Working on it. Thank you, Insul. So magical so to have you with us. Oh, thank you guys. Truly, truly, truly always a, pl a pleasure, a true gift. Thank you. Thank you.